Because see, if I go to this, it shows it up. It's just the timeline is dumb. Yep. Retweet. Retwat. Retwat. Oh, God. Okay. Uh, oh, and another... Hey! Here we go again. Uh, well, time to start. Yep. Someone put it in there for me. Must have been that fucking Granger. Uh, except it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> That's not who did it. You don't know. I, I mean, I just did read you the books. Write, did you write the book? No. Then you don't know. But I just read it <laughs> about a month and a bit ago. <laughs> Actually, it was probably closer to two or three months ago. But Totally Hermione. Yeah. Yeah. She was part of the uh, Shadow Council that, uh, <laughs> that se- secretly snuck people's names into the Goblet of Fire. Uh, that, yeah. that was her whole point. Yeah, that's that was randomly literally... put people's names in. Yeah, yeah. That, that's why she existed. That, that was the everyone that was the thought point of her character. Yeah, that, everyone <laughs> thought Hermione was there to, you know, uh, be the smart one. You know, the badass that knew everything. You know, she was the she she was there to carry the story. You know, to help the characters move on. Yeah. It will, uh, to, for plot points because she knew stuff. Well, and like in, at nighttime, she used to go out in the woods with some friends. And they they threw, a, threw a handful of salt at a campfire and tell scary stories. Of yeah. The Midnight Society. Yeah. yeah I, I, I remember. I, I think you're mixing up your fantasies I, here. No, no, no. no, no, no. That was Harry Potter. <laughs> no, hang on, hang on, hang on. And then, and yeah, then what and, happens... And, well, she would always say the spell submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society. Yeah, that's... that's and, no. And, yeah. I think you're wrong. And then what happened is that her district got picked for these games. Yeah. And she had to go and fight for her district. That's why she's so yeah. upset. Because... And joined the well, Shadow Council. Uh, no, she didn't get picked. That's, her sister got picked. Oh, right, right. And um, then she went in her sister's place. Barbara Granger. <laughs> <laughs> I think this joke is run its course. <laughs> oh, God. No, no, no. I've got, I got lots more material in the old... <laughs> No <laughs> tickle drug. Actually, Hunger Games was. Uh, I was going to read that book, and then I was told that the first one's pretty good. The second one's okay. Second one's better. The third one, however, I have been told Politics. is fucking awful. It's it's just not the same as the first two. It's such a departure. Yeah. Um, well, they got over all the like action packed kind of. Plus, yeah, it's, it's no longer about the Hunger Games and about this rebellion and all the all the politics and and it also so heavily focuses on uh Katniss's inner um inner trauma. So yeah. well it, basi- yeah. basically what I've been told is that it kind of goes from being like a book about the Hunger Games to mm-hmm. essentially this weird political manifesto yeah. about how the author 
very likely the author anyway, feels society should be run and what is wrong with it. <laughs> it's funny because like when like reading a bunch of like I've been reading a lot lately and it's funny because you can always pick out the author's political affiliations every fucking time with every goddamn book you can you can feel it in their writing anytime something comes up it's like all of the good guys will all feel away about this thing when it happens and all of the bad guys will feel the different way and i'm just like I but, now know where your political leanings are. To be fair, that's just writing what you know. Right? <laughs> I know, but like, there's some authors, not all of them, but some authors can get a little bit preachy. Well, yeah. Just it's, it's your story. You can tell the story you want. <laughs> well, <laughs> if they just pause the fucking story every once in a while, like the bad ones, anyway, they just pause the fucking story every once in a while to give like a 15 minute, like, Mm -hmm. you know little speech about why this is the right way you have to you have to know though that like you know writing something specific with interesting characters and an interesting plot is probably the better way to go about expressing your point than just putting like robert's manifesto on the front (laughs) 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 nobody's gonna oh nate Robert's political ideals. I don't know. People on Reddit do seem to do that a lot. You know, they they seem to enjoy. That's it. different, though. Uh, That's Reddit. <laughs> That's kind of the place for that. You'll notice that uh, Random House doesn't publish Robert's manifesto. <laughs> yeah, they don't deem it really worth the paper. Yeah. But Penguin Books, they got close. Oh God, <laughs> Penguin Books will publish just about anything. I'm pretty sure you can find Robert's manifesto in Highlights magazine, <laughs> right beside the Magic Eye. <laughs> Yeah, so um, I did finish that other book I was reading, Wool. Yeah, how'd yeah. that turn out? I I actually liked it. It was good because, like, you know, there's so many like weird post-apocalyptic horror. No, well, not horror, but post-apocalyptic dystopian books. Yep, where it's a very it's, popular sci-fi topic. Yeah, uh, well, it's topic. one of my. It is one of my more favorite sci-fi topics, like di- dystopian future. Yeah, I love it. Ever since I was a kid and I was first introduced to Orwell, oh, I've it's been my fucking thing. But all of them have a they have a habit of ending it uh, of all ending with this like new dawn, you know, the, mm-hmm. this new beginning, a rebirth of humanity, like a phoenix rising out of the anyway. Um they all do that and it's gotten to the point where it's almost kind of cliché. Yep. In a way, you had, of course, you had things like Blade Runner, where no, that's not how that ended at all. No. <laughs> uh, you know, and uh, there were, uh, but a lot of them did end with like this implication that humanity learned its lesson, kind of thing. Um, but Wool, uh, Wool didn't do that. Yeah in a way that I really enjoy. And it also, the way the book is it, when it first introduces you to the world, it does a very good job of making everything extremely claustrophobic, Mm -hmm. right? The world is tiny. There's like four characters for the longest time. 
And then, like, as it goes, you start to get a grasp on, like, the scope of where they are. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, it, it's pretty interesting because, like, you know, the the whole book is basically these people. Something happened uh, outside and people are living in this silo. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you it's just, uh, it, you know, they don't talk about how the silo works. There's no, like, you know, a lot of books do this where there will be, like, you know, five pages on the layout of the ship yep. kind of thing. You know, stuff like that. Or, like, the layout of the particular office building they're about to break into. You know, they all do that. But in this one, it's like, you have no idea what's going on anywhere else in the silo except for where the characters have been yes right so you discover it not as they do but you just sort of discover it as you come along for the ride so your world starts off with like four floors in a silo and they like mention a 20th floor kind of thing but other than that like that's it yeah and then as the book goes on you start learning more about how the silo works and it you know and in that way it actually lends this weird sense of scale Mm -hmm. and then as you start learning about what happens outside it's like you've been kept in this claustrophobic environment for so long and then the characters start figuring out what's happening outside a bit yep and you know in the book to them it's like oh man the outside and it's this big vast thing that nobody's really thought about and it's ungraspably large right i mean you when you've lived in a silo your whole fucking life it the concept of an ocean that you can can't see the end of is yeah just weird there yeah so by keeping you like in this claustrophobic environment for so long you kind of get this whole like you get another big sense of scale out of what the characters are feeling i don't know i thought it was really well written actually i i have i have two things then for you first have you ever read the machine stops it's a short story no you should I'll have it's to give it a very look. similar vein, and I think you'd enjoy it because it it covers a lot of similar topics. Uh, and two, I think you will enjoy a role playing game I picked up recently called Paranoia, which oh, really? is basically that only run by an insane computer. Oh yeah, no, the silos run by a mayor. Is he an insane mayor? Uh, <laughs> she was important. actually a very well respected member of the community. Was. <laughs> so, so basically, like, I mean, Alexandria in Walking Dead. Uh, no. Well, she she was well, she was kind of respected, but people were just like, she's great, but she doesn't really know what she's doing. But she's trying to do the best well, with what she's got. I mean, to try to not give anything away, um, there, the way the book's laid out is it's actually laid out. Um, it's not actually, it didn't start as one novel. It was actually five novellas mm-hmm. that got put together into a single novel. Oh, okay. So basically you have, it starts out with the de- the story of the detective and then it goes to the story of the mayor and then it goes to the, you know, and then you kind of get individual little like bits and pieces. Yeah. So it tells the detective story and then the mayor's story and then, you know, I, and I can't really tell you the rest of the stories. Oh, and, yeah, because you're getting... You know. But, um, yeah, it, it's actually, uh, I don't know, it, it's a great book. So definitely re- give Wool 
a read. It's by uh, who is it by? Fucking yeah, yeah, someone was just asking. So, uh, who by? Uh, Wool by Hugh Howie. Um, if you listen to it on Audible, uh, there's two editions. I did the Omnibus edition. Because when I listened to the previews, I didn't really like the reading style of the other woman that was uh, that did the first one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I gave the Wool Omnibus Edition uh, li- uh, listen to the preview, and the voice acting seemed okay. Uh, but I didn't get to hear her make male character voices, <laughs> and it was pretty awful. Yeah, yeah. To be fair, some some people can read well. Until they try to vocalize, and oh. then it just goes funny. Yeah, the the like she starts out one of the detectives, she, like, she's like, oh, nope, oh, oh, there oh, we go. Oh. Stop playing with your cord. You'll go blind. Oh, oh, oh. no, you're oh, fine. Oh. You're fine. I we heard you. I oh, there we go. Okay, there we are. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, she like in the very beginning, like it starts out great. As she's narrating, she she she's really good and she's pretty expressive as she's narrating. And then it gets to this one male detective, or not d- detective deputy, and he's just like, "Hey, boss, what's going on?" Like, and I'm like, "Oh my god!" And I have been removed from yeah. the story. <laughs> or yeah. or like, there's uh, this one other guy who talks like this, <laughs> and, and I'm just like, "Okay." <laughs> But no, let's not. Um, so it, uh, maybe give the other one a read uh, or listen, I suppose, if it's on Audible. So basically not the Omnibus edition. But yeah. I do. <laughs> um, speaking to uh, speaking to how apparently um, how popular that particular that particular uh, genre or topic or ideal is. Um, I actually bought, I purchased a PDF of an RPG that um, wasn't, as far as I know, not going to go to uh, any sort of print any at any time. But um, it's called Belly of the Beast. Oh, and yeah? The, yeah, and the entire, the entire setting for the whole RPG is everyone now lives in the belly of a world-eating monster. Oh. Neat. Yeah, of a giant Lovecraftian world-devourer. Now everyone lives there, and that's how it is. <laughs> well, it's, it's job. Welcome yes. home. And that's and basically, it's just like there's certain areas you don't go to um, because obviously that's where the acid is, and you'll die. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just all about living inside this creature. Neat. Yeah, that and the whole neat. the whole world is in this creature. That's actually really cool. It's a crazy idea, hence why I bought it. <laughs> yeah. The well, the other thing too, one of the other reasons I liked wool is because I actually enjoy the theme of an isolated community, unaware of the world around them. I I don't know why that theme I I, I like I did it's fucking magnetic for me. Like the second I hear that something has it, I'm like, I'm interested. Right? So, you know, there was like under the dome, I really. Fi- I, the second I heard that that was getting a TV series, I was like, "I'm in, I'm in it, let's do this, right?" Or fucking uh, in between. That's another TV series that I was really into because it's this isolated fucking community. Mm-hmm. Um, 
What was that movie that was kind of shitty but charming at the same time? Um, Ember, City of Ember. Uh, it was that under where they were all like living underground. They had the lights. I haven't seen it. Oh yeah. Um, th- I mean, it's definitely a teen flick. Uh, oh, those book like it's like based off a book series. Yeah, it's based off of a book series. I'm I'm pretty yeah. sure it's called The City of Ember. Yeah, because isn't it City of Ember, City of Bones, City of something else? Is uh, like the is like the series. Yeah, um, and I mean the movie uh, as much as I, uh, yeah, and like th- that was the set. You know? oh, okay. So it's a city, and they're like, the sky is just dark. I mean, you can tell they're underground pretty quickly. But the whole sky is just lit up by lights, and it's this hydropower station and all that. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I've always really liked that kind of thing as a theme. You know, the concept of the vault. You know, like, I would have really loved a Fallout just living in the vault story. <laughs> Not the getting out part, but, Get like, just, just, yeah, just the life in, this life in vault. the vault kind of thing. Um, but... I'm actually, it's funny uh, that I say that because right now I'm actually reading a book that's the polar opposite. Uh, I've uh, currently, I am reading uh, Leviathan Wakes, actually, uh, by James S.A. Corey. Uh, Leviathan Wakes is, uh, have you ever heard of the TV show, uh, The Expanse? Yes. It's, that's the book. Okay. This is the book that it was based on. And it's funny because like. The TV series The Expanse embellished a lot, as most television shows tend to do. Yeah, they get Hollywoodized and like. Yeah, well, it's funny because like most movies, they like cut a bunch of shit out. The TV series added a bunch of shit in, and I don't know if that like helped it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. There are some parts in it right now where, like, knowing how the TV series goes, I'm like. How the hell in this book are they going to get from the complete lack of any information on any side that they're currently at to where the fucking story is supposed to be going? Whereas in the TV series, they consistently gave, you know, like clues and hints, clues and hints and all that. But right now, it's like in the book, it's just like all this shit is happening and nobody fucking knows why. Mm-hmm. Right, there is absolutely no information, no clues, nothing. Mm-hmm. So all the characters are just sort of in the dark. So and and like the reasoning behind a bunch of stuff makes a little more sense in the book than it did in the series. And there's like a whole other side plot in the fucking series that I didn't like much. But anyway, so either way, I am enjoying the book. I'm trying to decide if I like it more than the series. I think I do. But yeah, I find that... that tends to go for me as well. I just I find most people's writing tends to outperform in at least my imagination than yeah, a movie will do. Um I've been well listening to some new stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I've been going through Timothy Zahn's uh Thrawn books. So he writes uh, a bunch of Star Wars Expanded Universe stuff. Ah. And so he has a trilogy, which is all about this uh, uh, Grand Admiral called Thrawn, who is a a big power after the Empire Falls. 
And then I've just started a fourth book that sort of takes place about 10 years later and is touching on points from that. Um, my brain is not working. <laughs> I, I can't think. Um, and someone is asking what the uh, length of the audiobooks are. Uh, and wool for wool was 17 hours, 57 minutes and Leviathan wakes is 14 hours and nine minutes. So, um, That's but not yeah, so bad. um, yeah, no, it's not so bad. Uh, like, I mean, the Martian was, I listened to that and that was, that was pretty long. Was it? Pretty sure. Yeah. Maybe like a just, lot of these, just felt yeah, like a lot it. of these books feel really long. Um. Yes, that's me. Yeah. It, uh, so that's that's Adam. Oh, yeah, I'm we, not we, Roland. We didn't yeah. do that thing again. We we did oh, like, introduce yeah, ourselves. That's true, that's I'm true. Tal. I'm Vox, and I'm silent. Yeah. Who, who am I? What What does that really mean? <laughs> who Who are we really? <laughs> I, uh... Someone in the chat just said Adam looks so normal. Oh, I know it's my fucking bougie yeah. London gentleman sweater. Yeah, it's because you're wearing a fucking cardigan. It's not a cardigan. <laughs> I expected him to be a bright-eyed kawaii sandwich. Oh, wow. Oh, what? Kawaii sandwich. What's a kawaii a, sandwich? A cute sandwich? Why am I a cute sandwich? <laughs> I don't get it. I did possibly, I did possibly hear the funniest thing. Oh. Ever, though. What's uh, that? Recently, it was uh, some guy posted on social media that he's in Japan, and he was like, when a, when a little, and pardon my language, um, but when he's like, when, it, when a uh, cute little Japanese girl <laughs> calls you kawaii, it's kind of like a black guy calling you that word <laughs> and then he was like i'm kawaii nigger and i was like oh my god but it was like it's pretty like although like that's pretty awesome he makes a good point <laughs> when, an, when an adorable japanese girl calls you kawaii you're just like it has to be true you. i'm one of you now like <laughs> yeah. like you've been I have uh, been adopted into the culture. Yeah, exactly. Like you, you are now one with the culture. Uh, yeah. Anyway, that's what I've been reading on nerdy shit. Yeah. Though, though my reading has taken a bit of a, uh, a dip, a dip. Yeah, because I started playing Destiny Two. Yeah, that will absorb a fair bit of your time for yeah. a while. It's not going to really take a much of a dip, just like a 10-hour dip, and then you're back in <laughs> <laughs> well, until they release more content. I have a few people that I play online with right now, mostly uh, Matt and all of his friends. So, See, that's, that's huge, though, because if you don't have people to play online with, like today I was grinding more power level, and I was just like... I wanted to fall asleep. It it gets boring real so fast bad. unless you're doing it with a group. Yeah. So what I found is uh, YouTube has, um, what is it? It's called uh, First We Feast. It's a YouTube channel. And they have a... Yeah, that's th the one that does hot ones and all yeah, that. Yeah, they have the segment hot ones. So what I did is I had hot ones in the background on my tablet beside me while I was grinding on Destiny. It was amazing. <laughs> so I got to see people like like... 
hate their life because they're eating spicy food. <laughs> Fun fact, the hottest hot sauce on Hot Ones is the sauce that I own that's currently at home in the refrigerator. Oh, nice. Before I ever saw Hot Ones. <laughs> <laughs> it was a gift for my birthday like many, many years mm, ago. Good old Megadeth sauce. Yeah, Megadeth sauce is the hottest hot sauce. And they were just like... No. I thought the hottest hot sauce was the last dab one. No, that is the last dab hot hot sauce. Oh, okay. that's the one they do the last dab with. Oh, I thought it was like their own Hot Ones brand. No, no, no. Their Hot Ones brand is only like number three or four on the line. Oh, really? Yeah, the Hot Ones one is because they wanted to make sure it wasn't spicy because so they, they could actually fucking sell it. And that's <laughs> and that's something particularly that they wanted was that they did not want. A hot sauce because none of them like heat for the sake of heat so no. they made a hot sauce that was mildly spicy but more sweet yeah oh yeah so the last dab is the fucking mega so, sauce and i understand why well and that's the thing is i think in the newer ones because they've cr now created oh they did create the last they dab did they knew, now oh, have a long. the last dab one i know that they were you that they do use the megadeth one it now is, it but it's the like last one. Oh, it, i think they've gone hotter because megadeth is like number six or seven now they must have developed this one for the last dab yeah. because that became such a popular yeah i think so so and uh but yeah the the megadeth was definitely up there uh um, i've i've ruined an entire stock pot of, of veggie chili like <laughs> like i actually had to dump it into a second stock pot and make two and add more tomato paste and add more more liquid because that like it wouldn't have been edible really it, because yeah. i went to go pour it in, like i went to go dab it in and i went ah you know when your muscles just do that like <laughs> give no. a little twitch yeah, oh, yeah. The, the muscles are just like aha and you're just like what are you doing what are you doing <laughs> like yeah no i just like it went and i was like oh well <laughs> so i like stirred it up i was like maybe it won't be so bad and i took a bite and i was like <laughs> and this is a huge dog pot uh, and not even a lot of the bottle went in and i'm just like holy fuck like how am i gonna how am i gonna remedy this how yeah you uh, turn one one into two oh, and you deal with it that way oh yeah. it had to be it had to be i was doing whatever i could think of i like, i need to make more chili i actually have a like a chili recipe that i do that makes out some fucking badass chili. I actually came in second place at my work's chili cook-off. Um, only because there was another guy who has one of those, like, you know, really specific, like, family recipe cooks for exactly 19 hours, 31 minutes, and 25 seconds. <laughs> kind of, you know stews the tomatoes himself a recipe that has been developed on, on a clay oven yeah use it yeah fucking handed oh, down for yeah, generations using only the finest artisanal chili powder um but mine is uh mine is really easy to make and it's super cheap basically you walk into a store look at all the the peppers and chilies <laughs> they have buy a fuckload of them <laughs> Sorry, you said walk into a store, and for a minute my mind was like, and just buy a can of chili. Yeah, that's, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Walk into the store, buy stag chili. Yeah, yeah. buy, buy manwich, and yeah. then take it home and just pour it in a bowl. No, no. Um, uh, what I do is it's um, just tomato paste, stewed tomatoes, and that's it. Like, not much. Like, one can. Yeah. Like, that, that's it. I'm not using, like, fuckloads of liquid. Um, and then... 
other than that, uh, you know, your typical like onions and garlic, whatever the fuck you want to put in it, kind of, yeah. you know, those like flavorful things. And then I, but the, the main thing is you just like the last batch I made was um, yellow peppers, red peppers. So uh, I had Anaheim peppers, mm-hmm. serrano pepper, jalapeno pepper, and chipotle pepper. Mm-hmm. Sounds really tasty. I and since chipotle peppers are hard to come by here, I just went and grabbed one of those like cans of chipotle with uh, yep. the, the adobo. Yeah, yeah, the, the adobo chipotle sauce, yeah. peppers in the mole kind of thing. Yeah. I need to drag you over to the Mexican fiesta place that opened near me because one of the things they have is just a wall that's just all dried peppers. Oh, that'd be so badass. Yeah, it's pretty fucking cool. I need to just go there and be like, I'll just have like all of it. Yeah, well, and that's the thing is you know because you know. Chili con carne. It literally just means chilies with meat. Yep. So that's what I do. I grab a fuckload of different kinds of peppers and chilies and shit. Whatever I want. And just throw it in a big old pot. Grab some meat. Throw it in the pot. Usually I like, you know, put it in my wok and like sear it out a bit first to get some brown on there. Yeah, a little something, right? Yeah, just to help it along and throw that in the pot. Tomato paste stewed tomatoes and then whatever aromatics i want to put in like garlic and onion and all that we should totally do like an unfurled chili off we should just just one one Um, week make sure we plan for it and then just bring it that's a good idea the last one i did though actually i put in a bit of like corn kernels oh yeah corn is nice and chili yeah and some uh black beans you gotta have beans i always use like black beans I use, usually use uh, like three or four different types of beans. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm not Beats huge on the beans. I, I'm really not. But so. tell, they're the musical fruit. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so it was. I only used one can. So it was... Uh... See, for that, I would want to grab uh, some dried black beans and do them up. Do them up proper? Yeah. Do them up. Because they get, they get so much more flavorful yeah. when you have control over what they, what they stew in, in. Instead of having them boiled for... 45 hours before being dumped in a can and then having the can boiled for like another 45 hours and then <laughs> don't boil my can yeah and then <laughs> sealed up and placed on a fucking shelf for three and a half months yeah to stew and then <laughs> yeah sometimes yeah. sometimes i don't know you can get um you can get some pretty decent like even even like sometimes canned beans yeah. they're not bad yeah it all depends i, just, I understand what you're saying like, yeah, i just had black fresh beans is always but... better but well, I don't know if dried really constitutes fresh either, but, you know. Well, like. Not as processed anyway. Not, the, not as. The thing is, with dehydrated beans, you at least, when you rehydrate them, you immediately take control of the entire process. And it takes a long time. Yeah. Like, a long time. But well, it turns out so much it, better. And Ski is saying that you can make your own chipotle peppers. I could. I don't have a smoker, though. So... So well, why not? Time to remedy that. Yeah. Sounds like a you well, problem. Now that I have a fucking job, I can. Yeah. So there's that. There's that's that's a good, you know, that that's that's a responsible thing. Not buy a smoker when you're unemployed. Yeah. Buy a smoker when you're employed. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I and I've started my job. How's uh, that going? It's tiring. Uh you know, we're we're setting up. I, I found out that I am a part of a brand new knock team that didn't exist. Oh yeah. So it's gonna be some work. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of shit to do. 
and on it was just on Wednesday. So yeah, just yesterday actually was our first day of the cutover. So oh, yeah, yeah, we were the and that's the thing is like I don't know for my myself, just me. Were I the one setting this up, I would have kept the because originally every all of the knock stuff that was being done by an outside company. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would have kept them around for at least another two months. <laughs> you would have done an A, A, B, B cutover. Yeah. Um, you know, but that's not what happened. They hired all of us. Like the other guy who's been there the longest, uh, you know, he's been there for like two or three weeks longer than I have. Yep. So, so they basically went, uh, okay, hire everybody. Hiring process done. Okay, you're fired to the other team. And we're all like, uh... Hold on a second. Uh, whoa, wait, hang on. And then they're like, oh, by the way, new team, you're now in charge of the monitoring for a brand new company that we just onboarded. By the way, they're a really, really big, important client, too. Good luck. Yep. And we're like, um... Wait a second, I don't even have my full access for the other companies yet. Help. Help. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, help. So, so yeah, there's a lot of running around and a lot of meetings and a lot of... Well, and that's the thing is I've been in a fuckload of meetings uh, with people and just like, you know, and it got to the point where like in some of them too, because like there is a lot of them where there's just, there is no process. There's no process yet. It didn't exist. This is new. And they're like, so what's the process? And I'm like, there is none. They're like, well, we need one. And I'm like, okay, this is the process now. And they're like, good, we'll do that. And I'm like, cool. Yeah, like, neat. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, and that's the thing. Like, I, I ended up, at, in one of them, I ended up on the phone with one of the clients. And keep in mind, like, this meeting happened on, like, day six of my actual employment. I'm on the phone in a meeting with like uh I think he's like director of something, you know, he's the one anyway, he's the one who manages all these clients and stuff and makes sure they're happy. I'm on the phone with him and one of the clients and they're like, "Yeah, we can't have this missed. We need this, this and this." And one of the other guys in the room is he's like, "Well, does this have email monitoring?" And they're like, "Yeah." And he's like, "Well, you should send us an email." And they're like, okay, cool. What inbox, where do you want us to send it? And everyone's like, right. Uh, do you have that yet? You you need a place to send it. And I'm like, you know what? You're going to send it to this address. This is the address you're going to use from now on. And they're like, cool, done. And everyone's kind of looking at me like, uh, sure. Okay, let's do that one. And <laughs> like that, it's... Yeah, it's been a little crazy. It's been interesting being part of a startup team. Oh, man. So, yeah. Um, I actually... <laughs> the other funny part, too, is that when I was hired on, I wasn't told, and I still don't even know, what the actual ticket or call volume of the first team that we took over from was. Yeah. I guess you'll find out. Yeah, so... I don't know. The the uh, other team that is working in my place today is handling day two of the cutover. So I wish them luck. But <laughs> sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> don't worry, Tal. You'll float. Yeah, we all float down here. 
You you saw it? Yeah, I I saw it last night. That fucking basement scene. Oh my god. Oh my so god. Good. I actually fucking shuddered. <laughs> like when it happened, I I went with fucking I went with Glade, and after that scene, I just sort of went. I was just like, oh. I was just like, <laughs> I was like, no, uh, uh-uh. uh, just revert to a. To like a three-year-old oh. of yourself. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I kind of just shuddered and I was like, nope. <laughs> like, uh, nope. I'm yeah. not do- dealing with this. The thing I really, really liked about it, though, was uh, I didn't get really shoved out of the shoved out of the movie. And in horror movies, it happens a lot. Yeah. Because they're usually really bad. Jump scares do it instantly for yeah. me. And uh, the jump scares in that were subtle. Like, they weren't yeah, you know, they, loud they, noises all of a sudden from nothing, and well, they didn't. One, they didn't do the thing where they they have the scene that only exists for you to wait for the jump scare yeah. to happen. Right, like, everything was was in had place. Per, had yeah. purpose, right. yeah, yeah. Which, if there was a jump scare, it was in a place where it makes sense for there to be a jump scare. Yeah. The one thing I will say that took me out of the movie. And I'll try to do this without any spoilers. Yeah, we'll try to be spoiler friendly. Um, here. No spoilers. Was in the library mm-hmm. when he's flipping through. Yeah. In the background, you can see the librarian. Yeah. See, I missed that. I didn't yeah. catch that. Yeah. 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 Where she? Yeah, and she, the she's librarian, just, just like, like every time it cuts back, she's like a little closer, and she looks all fucking weird. And, and she's I'm just like, like staring with like a awful grin on her face just yeah like the head down like yeah is she's fucking weird and like yeah that's like unnerving but the problem i have with it and this is something that you'll see it happens in all horror movies and i hate it why what the fuck did she do that for or it what did it do that for the kid didn't see him, so it wasn't to torment the kid. Yeah, and the, and that's like, a rule that I think horror movies need to think about, is <laughs> if something happens that scares the audience, but doesn't affect the, uh, the people in the film, it's not as impactful as yeah. if it actually scares the, them, too. Yeah, the, like, so that's the thing, is it, it gave me the sense that it was looking at at the audience yes and it was kind of like it, it, every time that shit happens it's like it almost comes off like breaking the fourth wall yeah. you know it, it it's like acknowledging that it's a fucking movie you know the only reason the monster would do that is if it knows there's a fucking camera there so it's like so why why did it do that unless yeah but it, unless you can also think about it in the way that the that it would just do that because it's like staring him down because it knows it has him right i mean i see i see from a film perspective what you're saying but at the same time who knows maybe the kid could have spun around yeah and seen him it's just like i don't know it's the same thing like you know when they're in the bathroom and they like you know she she like it's usually the girl she's like washing her face and she like bends down and the ghost is in the mirror behind her then she uh you know gets back up and like wipes her face off and he's gone and, and then turns around happens. and then yeah it's just gone See, and if that happens and then there's a follow up cool if that happens and then she just leaves yeah right the, and then you know or like you know it'll like move a knife and then like she turns around it moves a knife and it like does a full circle and just ends up exactly where it was before. And then she turns around, she's like, just picks it up and like 
to her, nothing happened. Yeah, that's and, right. It's specifically there to unnerve the audience. Yeah, and it's just like all I'm sitting there, like, why would it do that? Yeah. Why? What was the point? Now, I will warn about putting too much logic into ghosts, demons, yeah. the unknown, because you can kill your own theme if you try to make everything logical. But just I treat it like you know, treat it like really powerful spicy sauce, right? Yeah. A little bit is okay, too much, and it it just spoils everything. It ruins everything. Right. It's one of the so, reasons I don't like a lot of the uh, way the scares go in the Paranormal Activities movie because mm-hmm. they are all done for the audience and very rarely done to actually haunt the house. Yeah, to affect yeah. the actual people. Especially in the later movies. Well, yeah, like the one where the there's the sheet, the ghost under the sheet. Yeah. Right? And then it's like the second she looks up, it's just gone. And she's like... Oh. See, that actually gets caught by a character later, however. Oh. Right, that was caught on camera and then a character later is like, what the fuck is going on? It, right i don't know it's still when i see that though it's like again the only reason the ghost would do that would be for the camera and it's just a matter <laughs> in paranormal activity though doing it for the camera makes sense as long as it gets consumed at some point yeah it makes more right. sense i guess than in like a standard like the ring or something yeah but but i'll admit if if stuff like it is sort of the quality that is now being put towards some of this stuff i'll be happy to see more like that come out i mean oh, yeah. i'll admit i'm excited for chapter two. Oh yeah well it, chapter two wasn't the greatest i mean it's all the adults dealing with shit after it wasn't that bad though at least it it but it needs a cap off right yeah so, like it needs yeah. and, and I, who knows who i will knows, say like, the, this qual- like the since the first part one was so so amazing yeah who knows? the uh the one of the other things i didn't like and i think they should have kept more subtle is um is the way the adults don't see the suffering of the kids um they kind of like literally spell it out with that like whole the the blood thing yeah and i'm just like uh, you know like if they'd if they hadn't had like just started explicitly stating stuff then i think that they would have been better um that was just the one other thing other than that i really did like overall the movie was definitely great yeah i really there, enjoyed it there was just a few little nitpicky things where i was like yeah you could and have done once you've that watched better. it it's easier to go back and nitpick on it yeah but when you're sitting there and watching it for the first time a lot of that stuff doesn't pop up as you no. watch it right it comes out afterwards when you've had time to digest yeah and that's and that's much better i think honestly even like because this is the second time i've seen it and even like the second time, I still really enjoyed it. Like it yeah. was still, there was still like parts where I was just like, I can't remember. Oh, that's when it happened. Uh, I also <laughs> loved the dancing part when he's dancing and it's like focused on his fucking face as he does that fucking I, dance. I thought that was weird. I mean, it was I, creepy, but I, <laughs> I didn't get the point. It, it was very disjointed. Right. That's another uh, one of those cases where the only point I could see in that was for the audience, and I didn't see how. Well, I saw why he was dancing. He was dancing to terrify the shit out of the girl that was in front of him. Well, yeah, but the camera movement was a stylistic choice yeah, by it was the an director. Artistic point, right? Um, I don't know that one. I'm willing to let slide just because I'm always into like weird and new cinematography. Especially when it's done in an effective way that is fucking unnerving, right? You can't watch that and just and like be like, ah, ha, ha. like you're just like, ugh. 
You, you just see it, and it just looks gross. Yeah. Unnerving. Um, Unnerving. Yeah. yeah, no, it was great. Definitely go watch it. It's a, it's much much better than a lot of other movies yeah. <laughs> that have been I, out recently. I'm a little ashamed to say I also really want to go see Jigsaw. Oh, really? But I know it's going to be a Saw movie. Yeah. Right? I don't think you should be ashamed because who knows? Maybe they've... Maybe they've totally reinvented. Like, maybe it's fantastic. Maybe they've yeah. gone the whole other way with it. You know it they haven't. <laughs> maybe, Tal. You gotta have hope. <laughs> I have no yeah. hope for this. That's the thing, though. I can turn off my brain and enjoy it. Yeah. So see, you can you can either see you can either put on a cape and be Captain Cynicism, or you can you can turn off your brain and go enjoy. Well, it. <laughs> and that's the thing is, like in general, when I'm in the movie and watching it, I you're, I'm enjoying myself. Yeah, you're there, yeah. right, for yeah. a reason. Um, you know, and that's the thing is, I can watch some mo- pretty bad movies and enjoy them. I really can. You know, like, do you remember like when those cheerleader movies were popular? Like, <sighs> you know. Yes cheerleader like, oh yeah like yeah, bring it like on, bring it yeah. on and stuff you know burr it's cold in here there must be some whatever the fuck they were in the atmosphere whatever the fuck that chant was like i even enjoyed those movies for what they were just shitty fucking hour and a half long popcorn flicks yeah Wait, you also have to consider like the era we the era we grew up in <laughs> the and, 90s yeah, was and... not exactly known <laughs> for its cinematic masterpiece but we all still enjoyed it <laughs> yeah but i feel like i feel like if you can make it through that like they they all of it it was all just you you didn't know it at the time but you look back and you're like nuances of the nineties, yeah. like uh, hard, yeah. hard. Nu- you were just like, that's a nineties well, yeah. thing. When when movies like Biodome could, it was possible to when, have them funded. When when Polly Shore could have a career, basically. Yeah. <laughs> mahi uh, mahi. Uh, uh, oh, fucking movies. Uh, I just watched Cars three today, actually. Yeah, yeah. how was it for yeah. uh, Disney? third sequel usually they get pretty poor by that point so it it was a cars movie uh yeah. it was better than the second one yeah yeah um, and that's saying something it, not really the second one wasn't that great i don't know i love i love animated movies like i really any, do any chance i get when whenever an animated movie comes out i will give it my all to go and watch it because some of them are, are just fantastic <laughs> like i would never have thought watching up that i would ball like a little baby like, like <laughs> yeah, the up. first like five minutes in i'm just like this see, is fucking awful see the thing is uh, for me i almost feel like they should have the movie should have just ended after that opening scene and just wow. been like that's the intro <laughs> that would have been the biggest fuck you it just like... it would just be a tragedy at that point and it's like i don't know that to me was more emotional than the rest of the fucking movie yeah for but... me the best part of the rest of that movie was the fucking dog i'll just, <laughs> so... I'll just put that disney and pixar don't generally work in tragedy territory <laughs> yeah. they, they really aren't out to make all the kids cry and go home i don't know and just be like finn there you go yeah, yeah like that's that's it but like uh, for instance, uh, Glade and I went and saw The Secret Life of Pets when that came out. And that was amazing. That's I, you know that what? That was an enjoyable movie. The Secret Life of Pets, I couldn't do it. 
You couldn't? What do you mean? I couldn't do it. What couldn't you do? I didn't make it through that fucking you movie. You watched Cars 3 today. How could you not watch The Secret I, Life of Pets? I don't know, man. Uh, I, I started watching it, and I got like 15 minutes in, and I was like, oh. Uh, or, yeah, no, I got to the part where the second dog is brought in. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, I already know the entirety of the rest of the story. But, the, but and then, and like it, it didn't deviate at all and i'm just like you know every character was just so cliched and i was just bored and i'm just like okay never mind and i just turned it off like with up the story was pretty original oh it right? had a fantastic story and, and i'm not saying the secret life of pets had an original story i mean let us consider uh what is it um the aristocats uh what's that other Oh, fucking like All Dogs Go to Heaven. Uh, what all was Dogs that? Go to Heaven was kind of an original story. Well, that one was an original story, but you know what I mean? Like the the talking the talking animal yeah, buddy comedy but, kind well, of. Well, no, but I, I just mean the like newcomer comes in, main character is jealous, thinks newcomer is there to replace him. They learn to become friends and then join forces to fight whatever the big bad is. And like, it, it's so, so fucking Toy Story? overdone. So... Who do you think that they're exactly aiming these movies at? <laughs> yeah. I I know they're for kids. Uh, I don't know. I don't like the excuse. It's a kids movie. Siskel, Ebert, what do you think? Well, I thought it was very cliched. <laughs> kids are just like talking animals. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, it, it's sort of it's things like, um, uh, you know, th for kids movies, they do some things that just bug me. Like, uh, Zootopia had one of them, and it was actually uh, Adam from Your Movie Sucks that pointed this out, I think it was, where with the fucking, the nightberry, the berries thing, the blueberries that he put in the fucking gun mm -hmm. in the end, um, and it was like, why did they show him opening up the case of the blueberries? Why? Why did they do that? Because they just made it really obvious that the bait and switch was coming. That's what happened. So basically, what the movie succeeded in doing was only to spoil its own plot twist. And people are like, but for kids. And it's like, great. So it can be ineffective for the kids too? Like, the whole point of a fucking plot twist is to be a fucking plot twist. It's, it's one thing that a lot of writers do when writing for kids where, and some, some do it more for others, but they treat the kids as stupid. Right? Oh, yeah. They don't treat them as being able to understand things and spell it all out. Yeah. And that's not necessary. Like they already had him having the blueberries on the train, right? He was eating them uh, or like they spilled or something. Yeah. I can't remember exactly. Yeah. They, I think it was, they like spilled a bit. And he was like, oh, shit, the blueberries. And they could have just left it at that. And then for, I mean, even though I don't know why, I mean, it would have made it so that the par probably less parents had to explain to their kid where the fucking blueberries came from. <laughs> but all in all, the like literally showing I'm going to put blueberries in this gun to spoil the plot twist for the kids too. It it's like, why? It why ruin it for the children as well? And, and do you know what we call that? Well, it's just poor writing. Yeah. Right. It's plain and simple. So, yeah. Anyway, yeah. that's my movie rant for the day. 
we, we've gone on a lot of uh, a, a, yeah, a good long a twist good. of rant here. We're about forty five minutes in. That's yeah. not the wrong with um, that. Yeah. Did we have any anything else we wanted to actually discuss, or do um, we want to take a little break, pop the, car in here, and then there were a couple things that I thought we should mention briefly. Uh, they're not like the most fun topics, but I kind of find them funny. Mainly because of the stupidity of the people involved. Okay. Um, so, uh, first one being Kevin Spacey. Uh, we we should mention that one real quick. What did he do, if what? anything, in the last, like... Well, so turns out back in, like, the 80s or 90s. When Anthony Rapp was 14. Yeah. Uh, apparently he tried to get Anthony, 14 year old Anthony Rapp in bed and like started like grinding on him and shit and yeah, kind of sketchy and pedophilic. Um, (laughs) and why, so how did the, like it just surfaced now? Yeah. It's just come up now. And so, you know, who did it? Like, was it Anthony Rapp? Anthony Rapp was talking about it. It was just like, Hey. He totally tried to. Yeah, he came forward yeah. about it. a lot of the, a lot of the people. To fuck me. A lot of the people talking about it to you know in the current yeah media and stuff sort of gave him the courage to to bring it up and yeah. and talk about it. Why, um, why can't I visualize him? <laughs> uh, uh, he's the blonde guy in in Rent. Yeah, that doesn't. Uh, I've never seen Rent. Uh, so he is this guy. That that guy. Oh, okay. All right. Um, so, yeah, he came forward about it. And then Kevin Spacey uh, put out an apology. You know, basically most of it coming down to, I, you know, I was really drunk. Yep. If this happened, I don't remember it happening. And to be fair, you it's know, been like 30 years. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, he was like, if this happened, I'm extremely sorry. Uh, you know, I must have been really drunk. Uh, it was really irresponsible for me. And then just slipped in at the end, by the way, I'm gay kind of thing. He's yeah. like, I, 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 I now I, choose to live or I, I now I'm choose now coming to, out to choose to live my life as a gay man. I choose to live my life as a gay man. He's like, yeah, the, the people who know me know I've had many relations with men and women. And I now choose to live my life as a gay man. Wow. Kevin Spacey was just straight up like, yep. Yeah. And then, uh, so in the news, you had... Two stories floating around, mm-hmm. depending on which media outlet decided to cover it. The one being, holy shit, Kevin Spacey potentially sexually molested a 14-year-old. The other one being, and Kevin Spacey, Kevin, announces Kevin Spacey announces, uh, comes out as gay in emotional tweet. And it's like, wait a, wait should, a second. Shouldn't we be hey, focusing uh, on the other one? Yeah, wait. Um... One of these is much more important than the other one. What, what, what was that about the fourteen-year-old? What What was that one? Did, did not Kev- Not to mention, there's a bunch of gay people out there that going like, "Dude, what the fuck? <laughs> like, holy shit! You don't get to just be like, sorry, I molested a kid. I'm gay. Like, you don't get to do that." And then, like, you know, everyone, like, there's a bunch of people that are like, no, you don't get to use being gay as a fucking shield for your bullshit. Just, like, using that to be like, haha, now yeah. I'm immune. Because there's already, like, that problem with people being like, 
homosexuals are pedophiles. And now fucking Kevin Spacey just turned into fucking like the golden child for those people. Oh See, my God. My problem was that both statements were made in the same breath. Same <laughs> breath, right? Yeah. Uh, if they had been two separate parts, fine. the impact would have been much different. Yeah. Especially because it wouldn't it, it does look like he tried to deflect. Yeah. It and really does. That was an irresponsible wording. Yeah. I don't think he intended that. I, but I think that's how it came out. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is I don't know if he realized what he was doing when he did it. Yeah. But he did it. Should have been a secondary reveal, yeah. really. Not only that, but then on top of that, there was the wording about I now choose to live my life as a gay man. Implying that it's a choice. That it's a choice. Yeah. That, implying, I didn't appreciate yeah, that particular wording. Yeah. Implying not only that it's a choice, but also there's a big amount of bi erasure in there with the whole, you know, bi people get to choose whether they're gay or straight, which, no, that's not how that one works either. You're just bi. <laughs> like, you're straight, you're gay. You're bi. There, there's no like. I'm a just like pick one. No, it's just you are. Like it, again, though, it's bad wording. It right. It really is. But because was, I mean, I'm a gay man. I've had relations with women. Yes. Right. It. It's just he. He <laughs> shouldn't have used the exact words he did because, of course, especially today, people are going to take it to its extremes. Yes. Right. So, like, basically what he did is he added a whole bunch of fuel to the wrong side of that argument. And then on top of that, tried to use homosexual. Well, it really looks like he tried to use homosexuality to deflect criticisms. Yeah. yeah. Right. He, he might have he been a little befuddled. Yeah. At that moment. Which, which that was already something that a lot of people were getting pissed off about. Right. I was already pretty mad at, at it. Uh, during that whole like Gamergate thing when people were like I'm standing up for the gay people and I'm like you're not fucking standing up for me you know and that's where that whole like not your shield thing came from was people going like no you don't represent me yeah. stop using me as a shield for your shitty behavior right yeah. this has already been a debate right and it, you know because people were using the guise of social justice to be shitty terrible people to yep. other people and, and and like that's the thing is i get the feeling that kevin spacey is trying to kind of do the same thing you know use that like as a, a you know oh you can't attack me anymore because now i'm gay so that's like homophobic and stuff i kind of see know? this i kind of see this as the same kind of as the same reaction as like for instance if somebody gets caught in something like this and they just go, you know, they apologize, but then say something like, I'm an addict. Yeah. Then it immediately, like, it gives them, like, an out. Yeah. Like a fucking trap door, like, like, and everyone goes, oh, they're an addict. Never mind. <laughs> you know, and that's what, like, and that's, it's, it's stuff like, it's stuff like that. I don't really appreciate, like, if you do something, here's the thing, like, if, if somebody... If some awful, awful person went out and murdered an entire family and then in court was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. I didn't do anything. I'm just like, you're somehow some fucking 
by some fucking divine fucking power of some sort, you've become a bigger piece of shit. <laughs> and I don't know how, but you've you've yeah. found the scientific concoction yeah. to become a bigger piece of shit. But the least you could do when you do something shitty is own up to it. Is own it. Yeah. If you went into that courtroom and you were like, you know what? I did murder that family. I'm an awful human being. I can't change it now, but I'm a piece of shit. And that's how it is. Now, no respect really lives there, but you might get the flutter of a very small heartbeat <laughs> of some sort of respect creature yeah. that lies deep, deep down yeah. in their awful black soul. <laughs> but like just a flutter. But that's yeah. it. But at least fucking own it. Yeah. I don't, because I'm sorry, fucking Kevin Spacey, but part of your apology was not, sorry, Anthony, but Hallmark doesn't make a, I apologize <laughs> for almost raping you when you were 14, sympathy hey, card. So here's the part that bothers me about this attitude, is I've been seeing a lot of this on the web. And again, he doesn't remember. It's 30 fucking years ago. I'm right? not saying that he's not. No, but I'm not relating him to this other situation. That's not what I'm. I apologize okay, you, you if just I tried. Specifically brought up his name. That's why I I got that. Yeah, but I that's right? that wasn't my intent. Okay. Um, because you know that I don't think like I don't put people in holes. It's not black and white. <laughs> I am not a fucking black and white human being. I'm very gray area. I like to see both sides of everything, and yeah. that's totally fair. And I give the same argument to someone honestly like as as awful as it sounds like fucking cosby okay shit happened back in the day everybody was taking drugs everybody was fucked up people did stupid shit and they probably have no idea what the fuck they were doing if you talk to anybody that's done anything on severe amounts of any kind of pharmaceuticals or drugs or alcohol or shit like that, nobody remembers yeah. a goddamn thing. The other so, thing, too, is that we right now all we have to go on is one tweet. Yeah, yeah. it's like, hey, I, right. I may have. There's more of this to come because yeah. something's going to have to happen directly between the two for any kind of reconciliation. Yeah. I, it's just, yeah, just I was irked by his response. And then the the big, th the main thing that got me, though, that had me laughing was the fucking, the difference in what that tweet was, depending on which news media outlet yeah. was covering it. Yeah, <laughs> literally picking which half of it was the important part <laughs> yeah. instead of it as a whole and yeah. addressing it. Well, and it was the media part I really wanted to focus on because, again, like, there's there's a whole story there that we're probably never going to know the actual yeah. outcome of. Um but along with the media, there was that one other thing I wanted to touch on briefly. Uh, and this actually hits close to home because U of A was involved um, up in Edmonton there. Uh, there was a bunch of places actually in Canada that were involved. In fact, there was a bunch of places all over North America that were involved. C4chan. Of course. <laughs> uh, slash poll. So this this is never a good start. Yeah, yeah. So slash poll for those who don't know, that is the politically incorrect uh, board. Their entire point is to be as inflammatory and well politically incorrect as absolutely fucking possible. That no. is noble goals. Yeah, that is the reason that subreddit exists. It's just trolls. So 4chan trolls decided 
that they were going to try to get the biggest overreaction possible for the most innocuous statement they could think of. Okay. From the, you know, what they're calling the alt-left or, you know, SJWs or whatever the fuck you want to call them. Uh, So 4chan decided to put up signs saying, it's okay to be white. That's it. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that'll start it. <laughs> yeah, just right now, today, that is that is the wrong thing to put up and expect and just be like, hey, look. Yeah, so, and that's the thing, is it really is a fucking harmless, innocuous statement. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with the statement, <laughs> right? It's just, it's just, and that's the thing, is there was nothing else attached to it either. Nothing. Yep. It was literally just... A white piece. They they had it like laid out. It was just a white fucking piece of paper, and it said in fucking black text, "It's okay to be white." That's it. Yeah. So people started putting these flyers up mm-hmm. all over the place, and it happened. You had the fucking uh, some. I think it was like dean of U of A saying we will not tolerate statements like it's okay to be white. Uh, you <laughs> you had people calling it a hate crime. You had fucking other people freaking out. A uh, bunch of people went out and started writing not on them. So it's not okay to be white. Uh, you had uh, like and it actually started a bunch of like little mini wars inside of the fuck these like SJW communities because there are there was other people that are like this is a very harmless innocuous statement and by freaking out you are literally giving them what they want and the news media gets a hold of it and now it's this ridiculous fucking multinational hate campaign going on and it's basically poll one they succeeded yeah well they got the reaction they wanted (laughs) and i mean right now it's basically a guarantee yeah there's there's no way that wouldn't have that kind of reaction it's they picked a good time i i I just like i couldn't believe the statement that the u of a put out though about it was impeccable yeah uh, well uh i'm gonna try to find the actual statement uh, That's ridiculous. I need to stop being so goddamn sensitive. <laughs> well, uh. and that, like that's the thing is, if this had happened a long time ago, you know, like ten years ago, um, the uh, yeah, the people would have just been like, "All right, yeah." Well, that, that's uh, honestly, okay. you know what the reaction they should have got was. People posted up, somebody walked by, went, huh, look at that. And then done. Over with. Yeah. But do they not, like, the the fundamental, the fundamental act of reacting to stuff, like, do, do these groups not know that reacting to stuff like this, especially, like, trolls, is the exact thing that the person that posts it wants yeah and the exact thing that keeps it perpetually getting well, worse and worse and causes the snowball effect because if nobody cares about it 
then it stops being important and nobody and then it doesn't matter but as soon as people get angry and react it just snowballs it gets worse and worse and worse and they tell two friends and they tell two friends well, and, and, and that, it's a shit store I, I can't remember what it was it was south park i think that was talking about it yeah where the, the, the end effect right no, 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 not, it, not the stri- no. it was like it was some other thing that they were talking about it was like the you know not godwin's law it was like the something theorem where basically the whole point is you don't troll one person to piss them off the best trolls are a thing that makes everyone else a a whole a group of people overreact so severely to that thing that then the a, a bigger group of people then turns on that smaller group of people yeah. because of their overreaction and grossly mm. overreacts to their overreaction. You create this constant <laughs> this, loop of overreaction. This chain effect. And that's the thing. That was literally their goal. Yeah, and it worked. <laughs> their entire goal was to come up with the most innocuous statement they could possibly think of that would generate the most ridiculous reaction that would cause the most insane backlash once again. And it like just watching it unfold, like this is something that's going to end up on fucking internet historian. I <laughs> like, Oh my God. That's, that's pretty, that's pretty awful. <laughs> I just, nobody's learned that though. No, like n- nobody's learned that like, like the the proper reaction to this would have been okay, and then they pull the signs down. Yeah, the end. It's it's over. Yeah. But it, but instead, <laughs> but but instead, a bunch of fanatics just run out, run out with no clothes on, and dump barrels of gasoline onto the fire. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then they, like they're just like, huh. How should we react to this? I know, losing our fucking minds. Yeah, yeah if, if they just, <laughs> they just like they're they just keep feeding the snake, like, <laughs> and that the snake just keeps it's, getting bigger. It's one of the big reasons uh, I just can't take uh, the political and social climate right now. I just can't handle it. No, because you, you can't get anything. around it. You can't. Right? It's impossible, mm-hmm. and I hate that attitude yeah that right? you can't say anything you can't no. think anything you, you can't get attacked have an opinion. for everything you you yeah. could possibly do mm-hmm. yeah, something as simple as it's okay to be white which again you know beyond the intent behind it which was just to troll inflammatory people, yeah uh you know there that's not a particularly racist statement it's no, not a it's marginalizing not, statement. It's, it's not at all. It's like, but you know what it is? It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy that the whole point. So the whole point, because apparently like some people's ideals is that you're white. You should feel ashamed <laughs> for being white. And somebody was like, took that attitude and was like, oh, well, I'm going to just put this here. Like 4chan went, oh, so that's what people think. Well, I'm just going to put this right here yeah. and just, uh, just walk shine away. a great big old light right on that part right there. They, they just yeah. they just made a snare trap, put the biggest, juiciest piece of lettuce right in the middle. <laughs> Not even the biggest, juiciest piece of lettuce. It was a tiny little shred of something that could maybe possibly in another universe look like it was lettuce. <laughs> like, and, and they all fucking jumped. It was 
Yeah. It's just like there's perfectly good bushes to eat from over here, but you're gonna go. Yeah, like that, that's the part that gets me is like we've got like actual fucking hate crimes happening. Trump is in office. We've got all this shit happening, but no, it's okay to be white. That's what we're freaking yeah. out about today. Like yeah, just fuck, <laughs> just fuck. It's uh, uh, anyway. Yep. People got too much time on their hands. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to mention those briefly. Uh, you know what we kind of need, I think? I think we need, like, a today you should look up segment. That would be good. That's a yeah. good idea. Yeah. Just cover some quick headlines just to, here's an important issue. Take yeah. a look. Here's the brief. Here's an issue. Here's the brief. I like that idea. Yeah. It's a good idea. Yeah. Then it can, get, it can let us get, like, just quickly fire out some shit. You know, because, you know, there was stuff like there was that New York attack that I was going to talk about, but I don't know. It, there's been so many. Yeah, yeah there's and, been a and lot of shit. Like. I just, I can't at this point. It Like, yeah, uh, for those who don't know, there was an, a terror attack in New York, ISIS thing again with a van again. I think it was eight people and then killed and 12 injured. So that was a thing yeah. that you Take, should look definitely up. Definitely look into it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I don't, I don't know. We should I, we should t- totally do that, though, because then I, we can actually mention. Yeah, we can bring them up without devolving into massive hour-long discussions <laughs> that may cast. or may not stay on topic. Yeah. Like we do for every topic we do. Yeah. <laughs> like when we talk about movies for an hour. Yeah. Um. Did uh, did you have something, Adam? Uh, you know what? I think we can go to... I can always save it for next week. That's no okay. problem. Okay. Well, in that case, uh, I will load up Car's segment here. Okay. Hot diggity so, darn. We're going well, on a break. Well, we'll go on break, and then we'll, we'll, we'll do that and things. We have emails, because, you know, I did my job for once. Oh, really? Yay, yeah. Amals. That, that's new. Yeah, I know. That's a new thing. I fucking hate it. You Life is it? awful. Yeah. Oh, oh, all right. Well, uh, anyway, I'm going to go load up car segment now. Okay. We Bro- will be Holy breaking shit. all the stuff. We'll be back with less glassware. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Car, and tonight let's get high. No, you heard me correctly. Uh, well, more accurately, let's talk about the people that don't want you to get high. Uh, so. In, of course, Canada, we've been going through this debate about uh, legalization of marijuana, uh, which, funny enough, is actually something that, you know, is already a thing in several parts of the United States. Um, so, of course, uh, it, was a, it was the last either presidential ballot or one of the ones before it that there was also referendum questions up in several states uh, about legalizing uh, recreational uh, or mar- me- me- medical marijuana uh, <laughs> uh, in various jurisdictions in the United States. Um, now, federally speaking, in the United States, cannabis, uh, pot, marijuana, whatever you want to call it, is still a controlled substance. Uh, more on exactly how controlled in just a minute. But for now, there's a couple of folks a little bit high up that aren't quite a fan of this whole idea. Uh, now, one of them is the United States Attorney General, the top lawyer in the entire country. So Jeff Sessions, uh, who's the Attorney uh, General, who was the original appointee uh, by Trump there, uh, right now he's not exactly a huge fan of marijuana. Um, 
In fact, he's been quoted as saying that it's a very real danger, that there is an enormous amount of uh, uncertainty and that, uh, and I quote, marijuana is dangerous and is not something that good people smoke. Now, hang on. I've heard that line before. Oh, yeah. Alcohol is not a thing that good people drink. Tobacco is not a thing that good people smoke. Now, my own views on tobacco aside, which I think I've talked about before, um, and while I'll absolutely admit that getting completely shit-faced, uh, you know, tends to have its own negative consequences, but I've been known to imbibe. A lot. Anyone who knows me will tell you that uh, I do love me some craft beer, but that aside from the point. My point being more so that this these are arguments that we've heard before in uh, the Prohibition era in the United States, uh, in Prohibition movements in Canada, in the United Kingdom, uh, basically every part of the world where someone just really has a stick up their ass about someone else having more fun than they are. So, you know. Uh, but the thing that makes this more concerning is, as I just mentioned, Jeff Sessions is the Attorney General of the United States of America, as appointed by President Trump. Now, I've talked about before how, again, in of itself, right, Trump be a bad man. And I, again, to the point of basically, I'm just tired of talking about it at this point. But the thing is, the President of the United States, while he is the, the most public face of the United States government, is but still one small part of it. And he in of himself and individually does not have an enormous amount of power. As we've already seen, this is a very good thing that that's the case. Because if Trump had had his way on everything that he's already wanted to do or already tried and failed to do, again, because of the checks and balances and the actual way that power works in the United States, um, things would be a lot more interesting. And by, well, interesting, I mean interesting if you find fallout interesting. But, you know. The thing with Sessions specifically, though, is that with him being the attorney general and with him being very staunchly against marijuana use, and he's, this is not just a new thing since he became attorney general. Uh, he used to be uh, a state or a senator for Alabama, uh, and before that, he was the attorney general of Alabama. Um, he has uh, on the move, or when they were you know, talking about the legalization of, of marijuana in a lot of states, and of course, there's legal issues that had to be sorted out because you have one jurisdiction of the country where it is legal for various amounts of use and all that ever things. But how do you reconcile that with a federal ban or when you're moving into a state where it's not legal or something like that, of which Colorado, I believe, borders several. Um, so, I mean, he was speaking, and this, this is a session speaking about when Colorado uh, went to legalize marijuana, uh, talking about how we need grownups in charge in Washington to say that marijuana is not the kind of thing that ought to be legalized. It ought not to be minimized, and that is, in fact, a very real danger. Ought not to. That is a double negative. Anyway, um, so the thing is with the uh, kind of all of the programs and everything that exist uh, in the United States. Um, and again, these these overlapping uh, jurisdictions and overlapping areas where you have or, or do not have that that power uh, is the federal Department of Justice went and put into place uh, basically saying that uh, actually funny enough in, a, in an actual budget and spending bill, because this is how you sneak these things in, apparently, um, that the Department of Justice can no longer interfere with mer medical marijuana programs as long as those programs are going on in the states where medical marijuana was legal. Now, again, though, it's not 
countrywide. It's just some states kind of almost actually a little bit like gay marriage was a few years ago. Um, now, the concern with this is that because um, I know that Sessions is in this this top lawyer job is he's been using his influence uh, in part to try and uh, prevent any more states from trying to legalize it, or even in some cases doing what he can to sort of roll it back or encouraging them to look at things like removing this provision. Um, now, the funny thing is, and this is, and I mentioned I was going to talk about this, is the way that marijuana is classified in the United States. Uh, and this then leads into another thing that Sessions is doing. So right now, uh, by the Drug Enforcement Agency in the United States, the DEA, uh, marijuana is a, a class one uh, or article one Schedule one, schedule one, that's what you guys call it, uh, a schedule one drug, which places it in the category of highly potential of abuse and or addiction and accepted and no accepted medical use in treatment. And yes, this is marijuana we're talking about. As far as the DEA is concerned, marijuana is in the exact same categorization as, uh, as a heroin uh, or ecstasy uh, I think cocaine is in there somewhere. Uh, but basically, again, it's actually considered, it, according to the EA, more harmful than opiates, like fentanyl or oxycotton. Um, because, you know, at least they can say that oxycotton has a medical benefit. Morphine has a medical benefit. I mean, it's still used in battlefield um, triage kits uh, to basically try and save the lives of soldiers. And I'm not saying that needs to stop either. Again, completely different discussion. Anyways. The point of that is, is, again, obviously that's pretty false because we have dozens of scientific studies out that do discuss the medical, bear, the medical benefits of marijuana. Of course, almost none of those are in the United States, and there's a reason for that. Again, with marijuana being a controlled substance, there is only a single facility in the United States that is legally allowed to grow the plant for research purposes. Just one. Um, now, because of that, uh, funding and any sort of other research into the actual honest-to-God benefits of cannabis uh, is, of course, a little bit difficult to do because you don't have anywhere to do the damn research. And, of course, if you were to be doing it, say, illegally, uh, because it would be illegal uh, to do that in the United States and in all but a couple of states, um, you would then publish your results and then promptly probably have you know, the FBI or the DEA or both knocking on your door. So obviously, well, okay, let's get this research going. But then this falls back into the same problem that we've kind of talked about before where, you know, tobacco companies don't want vaping to be researched or uh, half a dozen other things. And again, tobacco companies don't want marijuana to be researched. Um, now, I also mentioned that, of course, Sessions is from uh, Alabama, and I would not be at all surprised to find that there is a tobacco company or two on his pay, or he is on the payroll, I should say, of a couple of those companies. That speculation, haven't looked it up, but I'm sure somewhere there's something that has to be publicly disclosed, or at least I really hope, barring a pack. Anyway, um, but again, the problem being is that they've been trying to go ahead and, and bring forward these uh, provisions to try and get more research done for the like honestly find out hey let's get the benefits of marijuana out there or find out if there honestly are any if nothing else so you can change the scheduling of uh the drug classification to at least yeah sure it might be habit forming or it could have high potential for abuse but 
at least let's knock it down to the spot where it'll put it into acknowledging its medical benefits. Because then at that point, then you can start lifting federal bans for at least medical use. Because the other impact of that right now is that because it is still federally illegal in the United States, um, you cannot have any uh, doctor or uh, uh, clinical practitioner of any kind prescribing marijuana, even medical marijuana, even if you live in a state where it is uh, legal, either for medical use or even legal for recreation use for that matter. Now, I mean, if it's legal for recreational use, the this debate on whether or not you actually need to get a prescription at that point is something else entirely. Um, but the biggest thing that this affects is veterans affairs. And let's face it, there's a lot of soldiers ending their tours of duty in the United States right now. And I think it's safe to say that a few of them are just a little stressed. Um, now, again, one, you know, of course, the um, if you live in a state like, say, Florida, where it's legal for medical use, but it's not legal recreationally, and you're a returning veteran, your your VA doctor cannot prescribe marijuana to you because of this. And this goes back to another one of these things that as with his powers as the district attorney or the uh, attorney general, I should say, that Sessions has kind of been blocking. He keeps humming and hawing about being able to issue more licenses. There's, in fact, been more than two dozen facilities that have applied for research grants or research licenses for marijuana, and they've all just been sitting there. He hasn't outright denied them, but he's also sure not going out of his way to get these things approved anytime soon. Um, the other problem, too, is that there are uh, other provisions in place that have been requesting, you know, hey, we should look into this more for, for veterans. Uh, there are several, again, uh, doctors in Veterans Affairs, both in and out of the military, that have been requesting, you know, we should really look into this a little more, especially in the face of uh, the growing fentanyl crisis, right? Because, again, a lot of these soldiers, right, they can't be prescribed marijuana by their doctors uh, be by because of this ban but they can be prescribed fentanyl or morphine or all of these other opiate-based painkillers. And that's working out just fine now, ain't it? So this is where you end up in this, in this situation. Um, and again, Sessions is doing nothing to try and alleviate this. Again, he's been quoted as saying, I am astonished to hear people suggest that we can solve our heroin crisis by legalizing marijuana so people can trade one life-wrecking dependency for another one that's only slightly less awful. You see my problem here. So, yeah, it's definitely interesting. So if, of course, you're in the United States and this is something that concerns you, please feel free to write into your various uh, congressmen, senators, etc. Uh, I don't even know if you can actually write into your state attorney generals or district attorneys or whatnot. But, you know, with with this weird mix of it being both a legal and a legislative matter. Right. It's yay. Politics. <laughs> uh, this is what I live for. What have I done? But that's all for me for today. Of course, as always, if you have any questions, comments, etc., us at unfurled.net, uh, or of course, you can jump into our Telegram channel uh, and let us know what you think. As always, my name is Carr. Enjoy the rest of Unfurled. Can they hear us now? Yep. Balls and wieners. Hooray! Welcome back to uh, the stream and podcast of the Unfurled. Warp. Yep. Well, oh. I suppose we do have emails, don't we? We do! Email. Again, because I actually did my job and not didn't jabber who wants to read the first one um well not me because i'm not quite there yet Tabitha, you want to, i'll read it okay yeah. 
So I'm going to tell you right now, I've pre-read this email a bit, and I'm going to need some defining, but... Holy shit. Dear Unfurled, I'm writing to ask you about two things that have come to my attention lately. The first is the prevalence of collectivism and how it seems, uh, how it seemingly has become uh, widely accepted, breeding among uh, other things, racial discrimination. Um, the second is how do you manage to argue so vehemently you position? I have trouble voicing my opinion and presenting the facts, being socially awkward and not great at handling tense confrontations. It can be incredibly draining and often hard to keep up with the claims being made. Uh, I hope this letter finds you well. Thank you so much for continuing the show. It has helped uh, keep me company and bring up topics worthy of thought and investigation for years. Your fan, Talu Foxtrot. So this is actually an interesting question. Uh, specifically about how you argue a point. Um, uh, for me, I generally don't. <laughs> I'm highly anti-confrontation, so yeah. I find it incredibly difficult well, to engage in conversations like I have seen on this show. The the big thing is you ha you kind of have to, if you want to convince somebody of a, of a thing, right? For someone who like you, who's non-confrontational, the way that you would do that, like, the the key is going to be play to your strengths, right? So if you're non-confrontational, then doing it, you know, confrontationally is not going to benefit you. Yes. Right? So, and I'm actually reasonably non-confrontational as well in the sense that I don't like making people uncomfortable. I don't like pissing people off. You know, it's not what I'm here for. I'm not here to shut up. Adam, we're just like, but that's I, I don't strive to piss people off. I really don't. It yeah. just comes to you naturally. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh. So one of the big things that I find happening, especially in arguments involving, you know, things like collectivism, globalism, racism, all, all the isms that you could think of. Um, is that uh, most of the time there is a really big barrier of language. Yeah. Um, in, and this is actually something I was going to do. I was actually going to do like a full 10, 15 minute fucking video on this exact topic. But the thing is, you have to understand that the words you are saying and the way you say them, while maybe not meaning anything, well, not meaning anything but what you mean to you, might mean something entirely different to the person you're talking to. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So the only way to have a conversation, if you're the one trying to convince someone else, this is your job, by the way. It's up to you to do this. The person that you're trying to convince doesn't have to do shit all, right? You're the one trying to convince them. So it's up to you to, one, learn their language, what their words mean. Yeah. Speak to the audience. And use that language to convince them, right? And this comes down to things like, you know, if you're discussing trans issues with some, with a trans activist, maybe drop the word tranny from your vocabulary. Yeah. <laughs> that would be sensitive yeah. and appropriate. Read the room. Yeah. Right? Because like... while you might not intend any harm by it, they apply a very different meaning to that word. So if you're trying to communicate with them, then 
communicate with their language kind of thing. You can't, you know, a big part of it is you just can't think of English as one big monolithic language. No, right? it is very, very subdivided. Uh, right, because the, the, the problem is the that to do anything else, right, you know, because, you know, there's a lot of things I don't agree with, right? Like there's a lot of people who define racism as prejudice plus power, meaning you can't be racist against white people and black people can't be racist, right? That's what that means to them, right? So if you say that it, this black person is being racist to this white person, they're going to call you a liar because black people can't be racist. And while I could start a big debate over the merits of defining, uh, of redefining racism to mean that, all it's doing is distracting from the actual discussion I want to have. Yeah. Because then instead of talking about the actual points you're trying to make, what you end up doing is talking about the words you're using, and then it, that's all you talk about. That's it. it. It just leads to that. So in general, to avoid that, I, you, you know, um, you know, if I find out that that's something that somebody's stupidly going to define words as I use their words, right? So instead of saying racist, I'll say, well, then that best they're a bigot, right? You know, so, and, and by using their terms and using, uh, and also using terms that they won't find offensive, basically what you're doing is you're not giving them any ammunition. And this goes for both sides, right? You know, if you're going to sit there and you're going to talk to a conservative about gun laws, maybe don't start talking about, you know, banning assault weapons unless you absolutely know what those are. And, uh, you know, what the rules are, exactly what the rules are, you know, learn the language, you know, if you're going to do this with guns and I, I did this actually, um, with a good friend of mine, we have this discussion every once in a while and you, you have to know, you, you have to know gun language. You have to know what things are, you know, maybe don't sit there and say, yeah, well, you know, they could, they have a 18 bullet clip because then they're going to lash out at you and be like, it's not a clip, it's a magazine. And then it's just going to start a whole other argument. Um, yeah. And, and to that particular point too, there's a difference between um, making an argument and having an argument. Yes. Right. You can argue something without having an argument. Yes. Right. And, um, a lot of that comes down to both parties being willing to hear the other and, uh, and discuss, right? Yeah. Uh, and one of the hardest parts is to not outright deny things that you don't accept. Yes. That's a massive logical fallacy and it's natural. Yeah. Right. It's easy to say, I don't agree with that based on statement. Well, you have to get over that and move on a little bit to actually understanding what's being said and then the underlying, um, not intention, but, you know, as Tao was saying, the meanings of the word. And from there, you can go on to make your argument and continue that discussion. Yeah. And also part of being willing to listen is to understand that the person you're talking to probably has similar goals to you. Uh, yeah, because you can argue the same point with different in different ways. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, there there was a big discussion in the Unfurled chat the other day, actually, about uh, racially based 
uh, programs, and it was we were specifically talking about uh, things like uh, race, you know, black only or uh, you know minority only scholarships for kids uh, to get into schools and stuff, mm-hmm. and. You know, my argument was that, well, I think a lot of this is actually a lot more about, you know, classism and uh, uh, like income immobility, right? Poor people are trapped as poor people. They they can't not be poor people because they can't get they can't get educated enough yeah. to get the good jobs <laughs> to get the high pay to be exactly to, to crawl out of right? the yeah, they they can't out get out and you know we have this problem where you know back in the day black people were forced into poverty and now poor people are just stuck as poor people so black people are disproportionately stuck as poor people. And, you know, so I was just arguing that we could help everybody and it would actually disproportionately help black people if instead of focusing on racially based programs and stuff, we just focused on income based programs. Well, like instead of instead of focusing on poor black people, just focus on poor Poor people, people. right? Because as we've already discussed, disproportionate numbers of poor people are black people. So you'd help those communities in exactly the disproportionality that they would need uh, without the added negative of being racially biased, well, yeah, right? Because at least if you were helping everyone, then nobody had an argument to say, oh, well, you're only helping yeah. group A so, just yeah. because, right? So, and then the other side was, okay, like the other side of the argument is, well, okay, but black people are more negatively affected by this stuff. So we should be helping them more, which in a way, in its own way, does make sense, right? If there is a group of people that is worse off, you know, in general, then we should focus on that group, right? And, you know, that that does make sense, and it depends on how you think about it. But really, the goal is the same, yeah. regardless of the argument or which side of the argument you land on the goal is helping these people yeah. uh, get out of fucking poverty it just one happens to be a little more targeted than the other which it, would for no like i guess for a reason but not necessarily for a an appropriate reason in my mind i still think that that i don't know it's like if you want to if you want to i guess if you want to create world peace you don't just like let's make friends with this one social yeah. group. Yeah, like it, it. So and like that's sort of the way I see it. But the 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 whole point though is that you have to be willing to listen to the person that you're talking to and understand that they probably want the same thing. Well, right? you just need to know the end goal of both sides. Like, yeah. What What are you looking for? Why are you arguing this point? What is the whole point? Yeah. Of your so, like, what is your view? What is your? Yeah. And the the other thing too that you can do is if you are not good at formulating arguments that's me uh like if you can't get your thoughts together into a single cohesive place you know that's fine and like to some people you know debating and shit just is not what they're into and fine i mean you know if you don't want to debate you don't have to uh but if you're having trouble with that and you want to get better at it uh listen to people you disagree with Listen to people who you go who make really, really good points for the other side, right? And by listening to those people, it's going to challenge a lot of what you say. And you actually might find you change your mind on some things, 
That's also healthy. Do that. That's good. Uh, but it'll also help you figure out how, where, like how you feel about a thing, right? Find, like find a really, really good argument against something. And then just think about how you would rebuke it, right? What you would say to counter that argument, what data supports, not that argument, basically find the best arguments they have and build up strategies against them. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, so it's, you know, preparation is important. And, you know, like I've already mentioned, being polite, right? Because you're not going to get anywhere pissing people off. You're not going to change any minds by calling people names, right? Uh, you're so that and that goes into, you know, speaking their language and, uh, you know, a little more selfishly. What it means is you don't give them ammunition to derail your discussion into something else. Yeah. Right. You don't give them the ammunition to call you a cuck or to call you a racist or anything like that. Don't give them that ammo. Don't make those mistakes. Right. Because and like there's traps laid out everywhere for this shit. Right. You say the wrong thing to someone about gun laws and they write you off immediately. Right. You're just another leftist liberal trying to take all of our guns away. Right. You say the wrong thing to, you know, an SJW type. You're just a racist. You're just a white male. Right. Why am I listening to you? So you just be wary of the traps, speak their language and have preparations done. But also understand that you can't please everyone. Too, yeah, right? that too. That's, yeah. Pick, pick your fights. Yeah. No matter how compelling an argument you could you could prepare. You could prepare for literal centuries and not see and not have someone see your side of the argument just due to the fact that they are set in their ways and that's also okay yeah because they just have a firm stance on what they believe in and that's also all right and that 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 was sort of what i was getting at earlier is to have a discussion or a, an actual to to argue correctly both parties have to be willing mm -hmm. yep right you can sit there and talk the ear off someone who doesn't want to listen and all you're going to do is talk to a brick wall Yep. Right. They're not engaged in the conversation, so all they're going to do is reiterate things that they believe. Yep. Or maybe just say nothing. Yeah. Right. But you're not going to. You can't change their opinion by just shouting words at them. No. And so don't don't really feel like you need to try. Yeah. Um. Also, don't fall for the trap of getting pissed off. Uh, if they try to piss you off, don't. Yeah. Do it. Try your best. I know a lot of these debates can get kind of heated. Yes. <laughs> Emotions are going to be part of it one way or other. Uh, but just like try to keep that in check uh, and it will grant you much more success. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Um, as for the bit about collectivism, that's like an hour and a half long discussion. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I know. Are, are you still trying to put together your, your yes. segments you're just you're still working I, on those? i actually i've been testing out different video editing suites lately so awesome yeah it, it, the videos are coming where i'm going to be talking a lot more about these things um about the you know the, some, one of the first videos is actually going to be about what i just talked about with the language barrier mm -hmm. and how you have to really be aware of it know who you're talking to and how they talk what offends them because you know you're talking to a brit you know, saying cunt every other word is nothing. Whereas if you're talking to someone from, you know, university from UC Berkeley, 
uh, maybe don't do that. Yeah, that that's a good way to lose that <laughs> that that ear. You know, so just yeah, be aware of who you're talking to. Try not to piss them off. Try. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, what else we got? Yeah, thanks for writing in. Absolutely, thank you. It's been a couple of weeks <clears throat> without an email. Yeah, that might have been my fault. Um, well, not necessarily. I mean, people can still write in. I mean, yeah, you lazy listener fucks. Um, <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So. All right. Vox, you want to read the next email? Vox just read an email. Fine. Your turn. Maybe he wants to read two. Your yeah, turn. I'm going to read all of it. Yeah. Dead air. Dead air. Dead air. No good. Read the email. Oh, fine. All right. This next email is from Dr. Pidgeot. And Dr. Pidgeot writes, addressed to the estimable, I guess? Yeah, estimable, estimable. Oh, yeah, est- yeah, estimable Lord Vox, the uneclipsable potter and caster all over, the magnanimous steward of ear and soul, uh, queller of quotidians and banisher of banality, Banisher of, banisher of shit. Perfect. Um, oh, even the audiophile whose files surpass the Nile, the engineer of leery neariness, ever weary of dreary perfunctory. Yeah, even the great Cryphonic. That, that is quite a title. Jesus Christ. And also, thank you for putting some effort into that. <laughs> I appreciate it. And I'm sorry, my tongue is currently having a hernia. Um, as well as the rest of you nerds. Thank wow. You. <laughs> Quite, right? Um, next week on Masturbate Theater. Um, <laughs> thank you for the early Christmas present with three new episodes today. You're welcome. Yes, I was going to say you could thank Vox and Vox only for that. Also, um, we're sorry. Yeah. Also, <laughs> I, I apologize. Also, sorry. It's a Canadian thing. Lovely times with the Hollywood catching fire and Vegas catching some fire. As always, you're all completely insane, except when you're not, and that's okay. I just had my podcast's update, what, three hours ago, so I've been listening to double speed and trying to take notes, but to no avail. I promise that next week uh, I'll respond with a rebuttal or two. You seem to like those. Something Tal said about that rapey turd offended me. I forget what. <laughs> I'm I, I'm guessing I'm guessing Weinstein. I guess I, is... guess I wasn't that offensive then. No, if I, you fucking forgot. The the only recent rapey turd I can think of is Weinstein. Is that we've, yeah. we've spoken? Well, about. it wasn't Spacey, unless he wrote this after that. Little... I this is a lot. I yeah. don't think. <laughs> um, anyhow, I've been having a blast on my current projects. At this point, I'm just dabbling writing fan fiction of a particular cerebral furry story i've run into it feels completely gross and i have no idea what i'm doing and i'm pulling the worst work to word count ratio of any time in my life but screw me if this isn't the most unapologetic fun thing i've ever i've ever written how and why do anthro animals tug the heartstrings so that's a serious question actually why this particular thing of all things i'd never have guessed because it distances us from humanity which we generally find gross and disassociate with anyways so yeah um i don't know that's actually there's entire phd theses written Written, on why people tend to empathize with animals more than fucking other people um 
But yeah. Yeah, I have had more people tell me that they'd save an animal before they'd save a human being from a burning building. Most people, actually, it's like you see somebody, you, you see a dude hit a dude, you take a video of it, and you uh, <laughs> put it on the internet. Yep. You see a dude hit a dog, you fucking lose your mind. He, he's lived about a minute too And long. turn his <laughs> face into a pulp. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I've come to the conclusion that I'm a furry, but I'm vehemently not part of the fandom. No offense intended, friends, but y'all are freaking insane. And yes. that's okay. Yes, we are. It, it, I mean, that that's a thing. <laughs> I want as far, far away from all of your, uh, all of the unsavory bits as possible. Very little of the fandom seems wholesome, I suppose, but the cartoonish whimsy and primal psychological quirk of it all is irresistible. I want to limit my exposure to the good, if possible. Does that sound reasonable, or am I just paradoxically failing to conflate two ideas, I- ideals? So, I'm going to take issue with your use of the word wholesome. Because I feel like, though you haven't said it explicitly, I feel like you're talking about you don't like the uh, X-rated parts i'm thinking that's sort of what it is well why don't we get get them to write in and uh yeah explain and explain what they they particularly dislike because to me that sounds a whole lot like you're defining a natural sexual tendency of human beings as not wholesome or at the very least not wholesome when furries do it the the biggest problem with trying to, I guess, sort of pick apart what's being said here is that everyone has a different bottom line of unsavory. Yeah. Unsavory yeah. to some people could be showing a booby on TV. So, well, and that's the thing is this is part of that language barrier I was talking about. Well, it, it, this also comes into the fact that the term wholesome, yeah, definitely means different things to different people. Yeah. Um, perspective is huge though, in this conversation. I will say, if you are talking about the X-rated parts and, you know, claiming them unsavory or unwholesome, I do take issue with that. Sex is perfectly natural. There is nothing wrong with it and nothing to feel ashamed about. I think people need to go back and rethink their Christian brainwashing when in, in regards to that entire subject. And when Dr. Pidgeot explains that, then you may have your rebuttal. <laughs> <laughs> Because it may not have anything to do with it. It might not. He could be talking about cheese graters, for all I know. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. As soon as you said that, all I got was JFK from Clone High just saying, uh, my abs are so firm, I could grate cheese on them. <laughs> and then just r- immediately after you said cheese grater. Um, <clears throat> anyway, along this goal of tasting only the good... What are the great uh what are the great seminal works of literal or sorry literature in the furry fandom? Like if you were to poll people and ask where the best examples of clean furry literature were, what would you and they recommend? Bonus points if it's got burps. Sorry uh, for the long email. Do you don't you ever change, you beautiful nerds, unless you're getting better, in which case, please change the Damon Pigeon. There's Summerhill. Um See, the problem is the furry literature that I enjoy is not from the fandom. It's from outside. 
right? Yeah. Novels that contain characters that are distinctly anthropomorphic, but not necessarily written by a furry. Yeah. Redwall. Stuff like Redwall. Oh. <laughs> Redwall's pretty good. Uh, the character or the books my character's based on, right? All of the black, white, and silver Griffin series for Mercedes Lackey, right? I love them. Um, But yeah, no, the... The one book I'm thinking of, like, written by a furry for furries would have to be Summerhill. That was written by Rikoshi. It's pretty decent, actually. The writing's really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I just haven't read a lot from <laughs> I, inside yeah, the I, fandom. I haven't read a lot of furry novels. Uh, Roland would probably be the I one to talk to. Yeah. It's unfortunate about he's this. not here. Like, I know he's done entire, like, anthologies, and they're all clean or horror-based and... All this shit, so. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. yeah. Well, thank you very much for writing in. Yeah, it's that's always fantastic. good to hear from someone who's willing to uh, push and ask big questions. And we got two two big <laughs> you, questions. You forgot the PS here. Oh, oh, is there a PS? Yeah. Sorry for the long email. No, I, ju- no, you, you I just literally that. just said oh. that. <laughs> I didn't hear you say that at all. Yeah, I, you you I read did. that out. Oh. Well, there you go. <laughs> you weren't paying attention. I wanted, I wanted to read it out just in case that, because it's happened before where, like, the question is, like, a, it is a very decent question, and we've gone on a bit of a tear yeah. with the question and forgotten the conclusion you to the email. Forgotten to finish the email. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so there's the bit. Uh, Dr. Pidgeot, write in and tell us why you uh, think sex is dirty and wrong. Um, it's not necessarily the sex. So, you know, it could be now it may not be the sex, but I like to think we can all agree that with any sexual flavor, there's like the no, no zone. The we're no, no zone. We're, <laughs> we're only like a few people in that particular, um, like whether it be a fetish or a preference or what anybody that's in that, there's always like kind of like a darker corner than the rest of the room <laughs> that's sort of they're like i'm so okay with this so you're talking about like vor versus hard vor i'm talking like you know what i can't even really like see because i'm of the mind that i like certain things that i'm sure other people think i need mental help yeah but but so i can't necessarily like it's it this is this is my attitude towards this. This is my exact attitude. You know what? I don't like eating other people's poop, but if that makes you feel good and that's part of your life, then brother eat yeah. some poop. See, like, and, and, <laughs> do and, whatever you want. Well, and that's the thing is uh, in my life I have run into some weird fucking fetishes, man. Like some weird shit is out there. It, oh, there <laughs> like, absolutely is, and I'm just wondering if Doctor Pidget is talking about maybe like the 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 dark corner I'm speaking of is the the cringy the cringy crispy corners on the fetish crust, <laughs> like the yeah, like the the edge, Ew. the very edge, Ew. Oh. like. You know what I mean? The cringy part. Yeah, now you're making me think of like a crusty pizza crust dildo. You're welcome. <laughs> um, oh, oh God. They, I just actually with like I the just hard found, cheesy bits. I found a, um, uh, I found a game of moans dildo today. Uh, what? Yeah, that's it's John. It's John Snow's sword. 
but just with a silicon eight inch around the end. Oh my end. god! <laughs> and I was just like, my argument was just like, okay, that's clever, and I get that you know the sex toy industry can't just print five hundred thousand like millions of just wieners. Like they literally like at this point they put a hat down, pull a thing out, and go. I'm going to turn that into something you can... How do we fuck it? Yeah. How do we mold it? Well, and that's, I mean, Bad Dragon exists, so... that's. But, but I mean, it's also kind of different. But that's an actual, like... Those may be penises of anthropomorphic characters or beings, but... Or aliens or yeah, dragons or... But, like, but like things like a sword? Canon characters that they can't get away with naming the thing <laughs> actually after, so they just make it very clear what it's intended for. Like a really weird Chinese knockoff brand... But, but 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 like this is a sword. Like, are you mad at your orifice? Is that why you're standing? <laughs> like, this just I don't know. I would just feel it being awkward, being like, you're giving like, yourself a good sorting. Yeah, like that. That's like I get okay. You know, like the what was it the the flashlights that are like like there's like a predator mouth one where I'm just yeah. like you get okay if that gets your rocks off, that's fine. But just like, and that I understand, but not a sword. <laughs> a sword's a little bit different. It's clever, oh. but I don't know. See, but that's the thing. To me, the worst that is is a little cringy, right? The worst, like, and, and you know, like I said, I've run into some weird fucking shit, man. And the, the, <laughs> the way, honestly, at this point in my life, I'm, all I can do is just be like, you know what? Go that's, hard. That's do, cool. do what you like. Yeah, just yeah. Do, do you, man. Like the, the, I might be like, okay, you know what? Maybe you need to go and read up on the health implications <laughs> of the thing that you're doing because that's really bad for you. But other than that, it's like, you know what? If you're happy and you're okay with the risk of potentially dying young, go hard. Yeah, Fine. You're willing but, to deal with the repercussions. Then. You know, but it's just like, you know... I do have trouble still with like the, the, there, I don't know. People treat sex as like this taboo and it's like, I, I just, I, part of me gets it because I was raised fucking Catholic, but that same part of me, like I, I can't help but reject at the same time because it's like, there's nothing more. You, you only exist because it happened. Like, yeah, <laughs> your entire existence is literally based on people having sex. Literally, your whole existence, the only reason you are here is because people before you fucked and your job now is to fuck and give make more and make as many people as fucking possible. That is your biological fucking prerogative. You know, so I don't know why people treat it like, oh, no, you can't, can't do that. You know, it's, it's dirty. <laughs> like, it's, it's because not everybody has, not everybody has that ideal. It's uh, perspective again. That's all I don't know. Concerned. Like, that's the thing is if, if I had it my way, like half the movies I'd see in theaters would have explicit like sex scenes. Straight up bone. And oh, yeah. Like that shit happening in Game of Thrones all the time. That'd be like every other movie in the theater. Because the thing is, and it wouldn't even, that wouldn't even get the rating higher than maybe like. Like 14A. 14A. Considering what I've seen on some 14A movies these days. 
The fact that the intro to Wedding Crashers was 14A surprised yeah. me. You know, I that's mean, pretty I can understand maybe not letting the nine-year-old watch two people go at it real hard. I, you know, yeah. I but, can... but tell, it's it's natural, like, and it's the whole reason hey, why we're here. They haven't hit puberty yet, uh, and they can wait. I'm just it's bugging. not natural for them yet. I'm just bugging you. Uh, 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 the children, not natural. That's, that's not cool. Uh, think but, of the children. You know, I like. I mean, I know myself. By the time I was fourteen, I'd already seen like most of the porn on the internet. So, <laughs> like, you must well, have been a busy fourteen. When you were fourteen, that was probably achievable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, XTube didn't exist yet, so yeah, none of it existed <laughs> yet. Um, but you know, so that's why I'm like, yeah, you know, fourteen A. You know, if you're gonna have sex scenes in your movie, that's fine because every fourteen year old's already seen it. I'm I'm sorry, parents, but your your wholesome, good little boy or girl, girls like porn too. Uh, they've already seen all of the vagina and all of the dick everywhere, all over that computer that you thought was clean. It's not. Um, but yeah, that's my take on why. So remember how we weren't going to have like a big long discussion? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mission failed. A mission failed. Mission failed. That's our that's our PSA. Tell yep. why don't you take us out? So oh, okay, I'm just can... gonna check the chat first, real quick, to make sure people aren't like talking at us and we're just ignoring them. I mean, but that's but... what we always do. <laughs> wait, um, no, wait, who's ignoring us? Oh, nobody. Good. Car, car gave us a slow clap. For some... We weren't paying attention, so I don't know what it was for. Yeah, I don't know what the slow clap was for. Car, what was the slow clap for? And on that note, um. We would like to thank, uh, oh, hi, Gunzuka. We would like to thank Omari and ScreamFox for the logo thank and the music, respectively. Very big thank you to all of our fans and stuff who tune in to listen. If you thank are watching you. on YouTube, do remember to hit the like, subscribe, and comment and all that shit because it helps us out. If you're not watching us on YouTube, uh, just send us emails and follow us on Twitter and all, you know, join our telegram chat and all that shit. Uh, cause that helps us out a lot and lets us get in touch with you guys and connect with you guys and talk to you guys. Um, so, and, and all of the links for all of that shit you can find just on our website, unfurled.net, uh, including a contact form that you can fill out that'll send us an email. Or if you're, you know, old school and, you know ancient and have creaky knees and don't like technology like some kind of mormon no wait not mormon how to write how to write that one yeah. i don't know they're all religious and crazy um some amish yeah uh then you can do it the old school way uh with an email we actually have one of those holy shit yeah ancient right um and you can email us directly to us at unfurled.net uh, again, that's us at unfurled.net. Mm -hmm. um, uh, also, very big shout out to our patrons. Yes, um, thank you. Thank you very much. We really need to get on to uh, actually building the walls in this little area so that they don't have gross fucking yellow insulation to stare at. <laughs> hey, Tal. Um, we're going to build a wall. Yeah, we're going to build a wall and the make, podcast is going to pay for it. Make basements great again. Uh so, uh, but yeah, you know, you guys are the reason we're capable of doing these kinds of things. I don't know about capable. <laughs> uh, well, 
but thank financially you, you help able. us you help us so much and yeah. honestly it's great uh pretty, but yeah uh, link and you can if you want to become a patron that's awesome uh if not we still love you um but uh, links to our patreon and all that are in the uh website uh unfurled.net but yeah other than that thank you and have a good night see you later and as always we love you we'll miss you Really? With with the water bottle? You, you I, don't like, understand. I like how you're getting like all serious you, about Tal, this. You don't like, understand. Psyching yourself up. If he doesn't do it right, I can't find the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and beware Fuxilla.